Welcome to another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast with Eric and Jolene Engel, where Eric and Jolene answer marriage questions for believers, looking at the root of the problem instead of the symptom, always while applying God's wisdom and word for a Christ-centered marriage. Hi, I'm Eric Engel with my fantastic, beautifully wonderful, uh, what else can I say about you? Unshowered. <laughs> Unshowered. <laughs> On a Saturday morning, wife. Extremely talented wife, Jolene Engel, <laughs> uh, for another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast. And today, we're going to talk about 10 qualities of a godly husband. Is that right? That's right. That's good stuff right there. Well, again, we're in the uh, Proverbs for Couples series, so we are taking a perspective of building the marriage, taking a preventative measure instead of how we normally answer questions from our listeners of maybe some of the problems that they're having in their marriage. So whether you're newlywed or been married many, many years, one of the things that you could do is take a preventative measure in your marriage to build it the way that God would have you build it. Okay? Okay. And it starts with last last week's episode was... Um, fearing the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, saying God God has the answers for a biblical marriage, a Christ-centered marriage. And that's the type of marriage every guy and gal wants, okay? Because it's designed to meet each other's needs. Even, even if they don't think it's what they want, it is right. what it they is truly deep down, want. Deep down, it is what they want. Okay. okay. So we're going to start with the 10 qualities of a godly husband. Mm-hmm. Why me first? Well, one of the reasons, now, mind you, Obviously, my online ministry site is for wives. I write to, to women. Right. Okay. And men have since shown up, and and you're now here as part of that podcast party. Okay. And I know in dealing with the wives, they, the husbands are the head of the home. They are to be the spiritual leader. And so if we lead first with the husband's, even though that is not the predominant audience here, it is, I still think, is setting the stage appropriately. Okay? okay? So a wife listening to this, take it with, listen to it through the ears of a gracious wife. Oh, yeah, that's key, isn't it? Very key. Because this is not a bag full of pennies that you get to go swing and hit your, he- your husband over the head with. Right. Right. So your guy might not want to listen to a podcast um, and you might want to say, hey, listen to this. If that's the case, wait until next week's episode comes out when it is the 10 qualities of a godly wife. So start with the, uh, start leading your husband. Start saying, hey, <laughs> listen to this and play your list first. Yes. If and you're hun, a woman. What do you think? You know, what are some of the areas where I do really well? What are some other areas that I could build upon? Okay. okay. And with if the you're, spirit of humility. And if you're a man listening to this, start out with this list and say, hey, hon, what do you think about this? Right. This is what I want to be. Right. So you could have the conversations, but the conversations should be friendly, respectful, gracious conversations, not let me place blame and I can't believe you do this. I'm so disgusted that I'm even married to you. Okay. We don't want to have those type of conversations. <laughs> so today we're starting with the husband. Okay. So number one. He seeks and applies God's wisdom to his life. 
Yes. Proverbs 3, 21 to 23 says, My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way and your foot will not stumble. Okay. Always keep in mind that this list is an opportunity for growth. It is progress, not perfection. There's no such thing as a perfect husband, perfect wife, perfect marriage. Perfection ended back in the garden, okay? Okay, uh, you just you just popped my my balloon I, right there. I burst your bubble? I th- yeah, <laughs> I thought that I was the perfect husband. You are, you are for me. Excellent. You're the perfect husband for me. <laughs> I, and I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Obviously, I'm not perfect. But in your imperfectness, you are the perfect husband for me. So if you have an attitude of this is a opportunity to grow, marriage is it's a living like organism. It's it it could either go stagnant and and erode and be filled with mold, kind of like some of the stuff that's in my fridge because I haven't thrown out leftovers. <laughs> Or it could thrive. Well, anything, anything left to itself will deteriorate. Okay. Right. Nothing stays the same. So you might say, hey, our marriage is good. We don't, we just need to let it, let it ride. No, it will start to deteriorate at that it will. point. It okay. Will. Well, Things either deteriorate or they grow. Nothing stays the same. Nothing. A body of water. If you do nothing to it, it will get stagnant. Right. At some point. Even a rock. Okay. A rock without preservation starts to deteriorate. Right, so sometimes we are deceived by the enemy to think that, oh, it's all good, everything's good here, or or he brings in the opposite saying, it'll never get better, okay? Right. But we have God, well, so we have hope. Yes, yes, and number one, number one is almost like an overview of the rest of the list. Because the rest of the list talks about God's wisdom and seeking and imply, uh, applying God's wisdom to your life. So that's kind of like that. That's the overall uh, the overall premise that we want guys to understand. If you seek and apply God's wisdom to your life, all these other things are going to all the other fall in line. Qualities and characters and attributes and virtues will fall in line. Right. He could be dumber than a, dumber than a hammer, but he could have wisdom. And then that hammer kind of like goes away. You know, it, it's wisdom is not the same as just your basic knowledge. Okay. Because wisdom, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Right. Right. And, and, you know, it's really interesting because you say to me that before the Lord, you were, you, <laughs> you were as dumb as dumb can be. I, was. Okay. I still have those moments what, too. <laughs> but, but, oh. Almost immediately, you had some change of attitudes and change of thoughts uh, based on what the Bible said, and and that wisdom grew. Now right. you may not have some some intellectual, uh, you may have some intellectual deficiencies. I got a lot of them. Oh. <laughs> In fact, I think that is an IQ level intellectual deficiencies, and I think uh, seriously. I looked into that recently because you have like a IQ of a genius and I think mine is intellectually deficient. That's what mine scored. You know what? I think that's perfect because that proves that I picked a better spouse than you did. Okay, whatever. (laughs) So anyways, a godly husband seeks and applies God's wisdom, you know, to his life. 
And a lot of that is just recognizing that once again, God is smarter than I am. You know, just start there. If you're a new believer, new husband, start with God is smarter than I am. And that was last week. Right. That we talked about right. God is smarter. Uh, just a quick recap. He spoke the world into existence. Okay. Until you can do that, until you can speak something into existence, some physical item, then <laughs> y- you better just come just to a conclusion. <laughs> yeah. Shut your mouth and realize that God is smarter than you yeah. are. Put your intellectual pride away because, you know, it's not going to measure up. Okay. So number two on the list is he is honest. Mm-hmm. He is honest. Proverbs 19.1 says, better to be poor and honest than to be dishonest and a fool. Well, it's interesting because it it puts dishonest and a fool together. Because if you are dishonest, you end up being a fool. Right. You know, I mean, they aren't really necessarily separate. You know, if, you dis- if you're dishonest, already you're a fool. You're classified as a fool. But better to be poor and honest. Okay. So obviously, uh, the premise there is to tell the truth. Okay. Yes. Now, it, it doesn't just mean about this or that, but it's also present who you are. Okay? You and really are. Right. Right. Because we, we didn't really talk about that, but to present who you are. I could present... You know, when I first met you, I could present that I'm someone different than I am and kind of try to trick you into being attracted to me and such. But what does that serve? It serves no purpose. As a matter of fact, that's going to fall apart real quick. Okay. okay? And, and some listeners today had that. They They're, did. They, they had that. Their marriages were kind of start. They started off with deceit. Okay. Right. So if that if that was you, if you were the dishonest husband or the dishonest wife, then start by being honest. Okay. Are you, and now that you're married, are you dishonest right. in your marriage? Right. Okay. So As a no hus- lies of omission because that's still a liar. Okay. Right. You don't want to do lies of omission. You don't want to keep things from each other. Don't be a liar. Be honest. Tell the truth. Right. Okay. And hopefully your wife is a gracious wife and she will accept the truth. Right. Now, you know, the Bible talks about uh, telling the truth and being set free. That doesn't mean mean being free from consequences, but right. it is free from the burden the, of of the, the lie guilt. that that you hold. So right. right. So, uh, but don't know. be don't be lame about well. I'm just being honest and I'm saying all these rude things. Okay. So some some man will take that too far. Okay. Well. Okay. <laughs> and that's different. That's being that's that's making your marriage a dumping ground. Right. Okay. Your marriage is not the city dump where you go and just drop all your garbage. <laughs> hey, you know. But I, I'm being honest. Right. You know. Okay. Honest as far as your behavior. Okay. Right. Not as far as your sinful thoughts. Right. And your sinful actions. As you well, p- place blame on somebody else. Right. And you think you're an honorable man because you're placing blame on your wife. That okay, so what did that just make your marriage stronger? Did that just make your wife want to respect you even more? No, I don't think so. She probably doesn't even want to be near you. Okay. So in the in this whole idea of well, I'm being honest, try and use some wisdom when you are being honest. Be honest about your own deficiencies and your own shortcomings 
rather than trying to be honest about someone else's. Right. That's a good point. Really good point there. He said that well. See, you have a high IQ for a reason. <laughs> but I'll forget it. It's only the Lord. If I if I say anything worthwhile, it's only the Lord. All the dumb things I say, that's me. So you that's guys can like, kind of edit that out. S- separate that. So so number number three is he stands for righteousness. Proverbs ten eleven says the mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Do you explain? Okay, so being righteous is just having right standing. Now, number one, it's right standing with God. Are you in the right place with the Lord? That doesn't mean that you never sin. Right. Okay. But can you stand right in front of the Lord and say, God, I'm I'm searching your scriptures. I want to be more like you. I want to follow your precepts. I want to be who you want me to be. Are you, are you in right standing with God? or is Well, a man after God's own heart like David, but minus the murdering adulterous side of him well, right know? right or or uh if, if you're not in right standing then there's there's something you're hiding there's something that's not right there's something that's hindering your relationship with the lord now also uh he stands for righteousness that means that he stands for that outside of just his relationship but he stands for that in society he stands for that in his marriage he stands for that in any areas that he's involved in because so many Christians will let the world proclaim their garbage and not stand up for what's right. Well, there's a, uh, I, I think that there's a protector side in that role that when he stands for righteousness, this is him as the husband, the head of the home, kind of protecting the family from the spiritual, um, deceits or the attacks from family and friends because he is saying as for me and my house we will serve the lord okay so so the simple statement of that's not right and we're not going to put up with that i mean that's a that's a great test right there our 15 year old does that yes yeah okay so whatever situation you're in and, and it doesn't mean you need to be harsh about it necessarily right in your marriage you could say look that's not right what we're doing that's not right. We need to stand for what's right. Okay. Right. We can't do this or that. I, you know, examples. I don't. I don't know. Uh, uh, here's a simple example. As, well, if they're looking to compromise the word of God. Okay? Right. But let's look at a simple example as, just as a father. I know I've had situations where they gave me the wrong change, and I'm with my boy. Okay. If I'm going to stand for what's right, I need to say, look. Uh, they gave me too much money. Let me give this back to them. Right, okay, right. That, that's what's right. Right. Okay? Well, and we're to imitate Christ. And if a husband is imitating Christ, every wife should be drawn to that. If as long as it's not a woman who's hostile towards the gospel message, you know, because a man could be listening and he's got a wife who is not a believer and she's angry at God. So. Um, but stand for what's right anyways. Okay, let's look at number four. He's hardworking. Proverbs 6.6 6 says, Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Okay, so if we look at the ants, uh, I don't know that you've ever seen it. Everyone has been someplace where this is, there's this lone ant. Okay, yeah. It shows up on your foot, in your bag, on the table. It's like, where did that ant come from? 
Okay, because the ants are always working. They're always looking. He was a scout. Yeah, they're always looking for food. <laughs> and when they find it, every one of them shows up, right? Okay, and, and let's just be real simple here. He's hardworking, okay? In today's society, a lot of guys say, well, you know, my wife works, so I don't have to work very hard, or she makes more money than I do. Look, God has commanded you to work, okay? Right. The Bible says that if a man does not work, if he does not provide for, well, if he doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. Right. But if he doesn't provide for his household, he's worse than an infidel or an unbeliever. Okay. Right. And That's his, his curse, command. his curse from Genesis was that he shall toil the field. Okay. So there's three instances that God says you have to get work. Get off your duff. Yeah. Get this, off your rear. This and is get your up. responsibility. Okay. Now here's the other part of it is that, well, I want to do what I love. Okay. Yeah, I've okay. heard that enough that I want to vomit in my mouth. Okay. Well, don't do that here. Okay. <laughs> I get disgusted. I well, so here's the deal. Okay. Well, especially the millennials today, I'm like, suck it up. Go get a job. Okay. This is not playtime. You know, playtime has ended back when you were eight, nine, ten, and twelve. Okay. You're now twenty-five, and you want to play. Okay. Well, I'm. You know, and, and it's interesting because I coach businesses and business people. Okay, it's always fantastic if you can make a living doing what you love. I mean, it makes it so much easier. Sure. Okay, that you can do that, and and hooray, good for but you. I don't know too many mamas who love changing dirty diapers. I understand, but let me finish my my thought here. <laughs> okay. I, I know you you go a million miles a minute. And anyway, so so obviously it's great if you can do what you love and make a living, but if you can't. That doesn't mean that you don't make a living. You don't go out and work. Look, if you can't find work that you love, then you better love the work you do because it's fulfilling what God has provided. At least have an attitude of, look, this is right that I'm working hard. Now, in the meantime, you might look for something that you love, but you don't just sit on your can and not work. This, Wait, waiting for your dream job? This godly husband works hard right okay and there were times when i was out of work for what i did normally or and i did whatever came yes. it didn't matter I, you know well, you what had a, a responsibility i had a responsibility and i did things that i hated they weren't they weren't sinful no i just hated them right okay right. but i did but I them. hated cooking and i still hate cooking i understand but I them. okay we'll get to your list next time okay <laughs> easy tiger so anyway uh you know, I still did that work and I worked hard. And was I tired? Oh boy, I was tired because yeah, I wasn't I wasn't used to that physical labor. You know, but a godly man, he's gotta work hard. Right. He's hard working. Don't don't give lame excuses. Okay. Number five, he stays away from eel eel. Number five, <laughs> he stays away from evil and the immoral woman. Yes. Proverbs three seven. Do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. The little seductress tramp down the way who's going to whisper to get you to come into her house. A godly man will be like, yeah, that I got to get get out of here and get out of here fast, you know, to recognize there's temptation there or there's evil there and to stay away from it. Okay, so so here's what a guy has to do to stay away from evil. He has to set up some standards mm -hmm. and he has to. Uh, abide by those standards. Get off Facebook if your flame is there and you've friended her, okay? Block her. Right, <laughs> right. First, first of all, you know, and, and I always tell guys, as I told myself, 
look, once I'm married, I have no girls that are friends or any female friends. Right. Okay. I am friendly with people, but I don't have friends that are girls. We don't go, we don't go do things together with anyone who of the opposite, of sex, the opposite sex. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there is no point at that. There's no point. Hey, let's meet for lunch or let's, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, I know a gal that actually worked under my license. And so we were involved in the same business and, and in the same office and such. And we went to the seminar and there were two gals and me and, uh, and I was training the one. Okay. I was okay. Uh, if we went to lunch, but the one gal said, no, I can't make it. And so the other one said to me, she goes, that means we're not going to lunch, doesn't it? I said, that's right. We're not going right. to lunch because I'm not putting myself in a situation there. And, and she wasn't immoral. No. You know, she wasn't no. enticing me or anything. But but you were just wise to set up some boundaries to help you from being tempted. And I get these lame, lame, dumb emails or comments from people that are like, Oh, I must have, you know, had issues, didn't know how to be around guys growing up, which is why I don't have friends with men today. I'm like, I've had three older brothers and the majority of the people I spent time with were guys more so than gals. Okay. And so these women that are commenting, thinking, thinking that I'm just ridiculous because I set up boundaries to protect my marriage. There's just like, well, you probably protect your home from invaders. You probably have a lock on your door. You probably lock your door at night. Right. Why is that like, okay, but we're not going to protect our hearts from being tempted. Okay. And so people try and justify. Okay. So he stays away from evil and the immoral woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we kind of touch on the immoral woman, but even, and that doesn't mean that uh, it's just, oh, you don't see prostitutes. Okay. <laughs> That's not what it means. That's certainly there. Right. Okay. But it means that you don't put yourself in a situation where a situation can turn immoral. Right. Nobody walked down the aisle saying, one day I hope my husband commits adultery. Okay. No. You, you, you're not getting married with the hopes that someday that your spouse will commit adultery. Right. Okay. Right. So something just happened. Safeguards weren't in place. Boundaries weren't. You know, there, there were no hedges to protect you. Sure. And so God's like, be wise. Okay. So the other half of that is stay away from evil. Look, I don't have to tell you what's evil. You see it every day. You know what it is. Stay away from it. Stay away from it. Well, and the Holy Spirit will be telling them that's evil. Get out. This run from this, run from that woman or run from that situation or turn off that show or close your computer. I mean, the Holy Spirit is residing in the hearts of God's children. Right. And sometimes it goes back to standing for righteousness. So you end up in an evil situation. It's a perfect opportunity to stand for righteousness. And you can say something. You can voice, hey, this is wrong. Right. We're not doing this. I'm not going to be involved in this. And you guys shouldn't be either, whatever that is. Right. Right. So, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, make that make that choice to stay away from evil and the immoral woman. Unfortunately, we run out of time to finish our list today for the 10 qualities of a godly husband, but we'll follow up on the next podcast. I'm Eric Engel with my beautiful wife, Jolene. You can find her at JoleneEngel.com and myself at EricAndJolene.com.